Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the By the Laces podcast. My name is Bill Mount, and this is my co-host, Trenton Cito. Trenton, how are you? Oh, my God. Everything's on fire in the NFL. <laughs> Trenton, yeah. Trenton, overreaction yes. week was last week. I know, but the games of this past week just have me all over the place, but... We'll get into that in a bit. I'm doing absolutely fantastic. How are you, Bilal? I got a little stuffy nose going on here, if you can't uh, tell by the sound of my voice. But other than that, I'm not doing too bad myself. Thank you for asking. All right. Well, we've had a pretty wild week of games. So how about we head straight into the news? All right. So as we said, overreaction week was last week, but there are still a few teams who have yet to win a game who are cautioning their fans to not overreact to their dismal performances over the course of these first two weeks of the season. These teams include the Bengals, who happened to be in the Super Bowl last year, the Titans, who happened to be the AFC's number one seed last year, and the Colts, who happened to lose to the Jaguars in the last game of the season last year and did not make the playoffs. So, Trenton, your reaction to these teams' performances and their, their trying to calm the tensions and the panic in their cities? Yeah, I mean, there's uh, there's been a lot of these games so far where it's teams that you think are going to be able to pull off a pretty easy win, but then they just lay a goose egg really. Um, and these are teams that you would not expect. Some teams literally laid a goose egg. <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a little bit of a, that's, that's a little too much salt for, for, that particular team <laughs> we'll put it that way uh but i mean joe burrow you know he's a fighter he's gonna keep he's gonna be able to pull the bengals over the hump i don't think it's the what is it, the super bowl hangover for them i think they're gonna be able to come back from their zero and two start same for the titans same for the colts i mean it's it was like this last season as well. And it's generally like this where at the beginning of the season, things just, things are weird, man. Things are weird. Tell me about it. I mean, you have to still remember though, at the same time, it is just the first two weeks of the season and there's still 15 more games to be played. So there's a long season over the course of the next, weeks and months to go so um yes but no one to start isn't a good isn't good but uh if we get to oh and three or four then um then that starts causing a reason to panic and i feel a more justified reason but i think at this point these teams for the most part at least the colts not the colts the the Bengals and the titans uh, last year proven success so I think we'll let everything play out as it needs to, and we'll see where we are in a few weeks. 
so one thing that happened in the offseason is we may have mentioned this in our like season preview show or our recap show when we started this season. Uh, but in case we didn't, we want to bring it up here. Is there Bruce Arians, formerly the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, is now the senior advisor to the general manager. But apparently, Trenton, it feels like he still wants to be a coach. Yeah, Bruce Arians is just sort of lurking in the background. And he's the kind of guy who you almost feel his presence everywhere you go on the sidelines. And uh, that actually happened to be the case in the most recent game, Bucks and Saints, in which you're like, oh, it almost feels like Bruce Arians is pulling the strings in this game. And then the camera pans to the sidelines. And you're like, wait a minute, that's Bruce Arians. Um, and he was, he was focused on during a certain incident in which uh, Marshawn Lattimore and Mike Evans were... Uh, Involved in further, it's important to mention that these two players have a history, a history, yes, not like each other whatsoever, indeed. And it was strange for Arians to be down there because he's an executive and he was also sort of roaming in that white stripe between the field and the sideline, which is where the coaches generally are in somewhere that he is not allowed to be. Told you he wants to be a coach again, or at least have the power of a coach or the ability to do what a coach does without having to put in the time and effort to actually be a coach. But it, it was interesting, right? To see him on the sideline, you, the general thing is you see executives up in the booth. Like the previous game, week one, you saw him up in the booth against the Cowboys and he was chilling, watching the game from his position. But he, you can tell that the guy loves to stir up trouble when he's down there. Like he's <laughs> chirping away at players and and doing what Bruce Arians does. Like, if you've ever seen him get mad, the guy can get really mad. So he, but he's no longer a coach and he probably shouldn't have been down there, which apparently Todd Bowles said that Arians was on the sideline because the Saints did not have a suite for the Bucks personnel. How much do you want to, think that Todd Bowles had no idea Bruce Arians was actually on the sideline and asked the question he made up an answer? Uh, I think he did know that he was down there, but then I think he did also make up an answer because, I mean, the Saints reportedly did reserve a seat for Arians and other executives in the press box, which is um, something that re- Porters, journalists generally say is not a abnormality that usually it's executives up there in the press box with the press people but um, it's not uncommon to maybe see an owner or an executive on the sideline in the last like two minutes of a game maybe or something but 
it's like not, right in the middle of yeah. the game and he was like actively partaking in the game and yelling into the field and at players so it was almost like in a coaching role but without being held back by his uh his radio strap <laughs> that he's commonly known for wearing oh man i missed that site but the nfl has warned the buccaneers that uh, arians should not be on the sideline for the next week and considering that it's a home game in tampa i think arians will be well taken care of and i believe it might even be the bucks first home game of the season Yep, it will be their home opener, and it will be a game that Mike Evans will miss because his appeal to have his one-game suspension uh, wiped off was upheld by the NFL. To have a game, have this be the game where you are suspended is a big, like, unfortunate situation for the Bucs. One, because... Tom Brady loses one of his top weapons into the Packers secondary at the moment. While they haven't kind of improved, they could, um, they're not up to the standard that they need to be at right now. Is what I'm trying to get at. And Mike Evans could, could have had a good like performance against him, but we will not know that because he won't be there. Yes, because he has a rather, rather strange um, habit of blindsiding people. And by people, I specifically mean Marshawn Lattimore, because this is exactly what happened the last time when it was, I believe, Marshawn Lattimore and Jameis Winston getting into a little something and then Mike Evans comes from way off the screen and just hits Marshawn Lattimore in the back. And uh, the fact that that happened again is really strange because, dang, Marshawn Lattimore's got to get some rearview mirrors or something because Mike, Mike Evans is always coming from behind him, I guess. I mean... In one way, you know the guy is going to protect his quarterback regardless of who his quarterback is. And and then you kind of see that Tom Brady kind of instigated the whole thing, but Brady never gets physical. That's what Brady does, though, right? He, he'll get in your face. He'll say a bunch of things, but he'll never touch you or push you around. And then that just gets people riled up, and then they'll come after him. And Mike Evans decided to protect his quarterback I believe one of the videos of him has him like if you actually were to focus in what he's saying to the ref I believe he says something along along the lines of like that's Tom Brady what do you expect me to do (laughs) so yeah um, well I guess the one thing I can say to that is I don't know how um I don't know about Tom Brady not taking a a very physical stance towards things. I think the uh 
I think the tablets, the Microsoft Surface tablets would like a word with you below. I think they're handled very physically by Tom Brady. <laughs> well, he's not the only one, though. That's true. That's true. But they're taking, um, they're taking a beating by many players over the years. Yep. But speaking of uh, taking a beating, Tom Brady's usually given his Wednesdays off as a sort of veteran day off by the Buccaneers, but he's actually participating in practice on Wednesday because possibly he's lost Mike Evans and maybe feels like he needs to put in a little work. That is uh, an interesting sign because when you're given a day off, you usually want to take it, especially if you're a star player like Brady and considering the guy is 45 years old and it wouldn't hurt to take a day off and just rest. But if he feels used to put in the time and the effort to prepare for Green Bay, which is their opponent this week, then uh, by all means, let him, let him work. We know he, we all know he's the hardest working player in the entire league. So if Tom Brady decided to take his day off and by using it to by by not using his day off, then then you know the guy is laser focused in trying to uh, find a strategy to win the win the game this week. All right. Uh, speaking of another quarterback, let's move on to Kyler Murray, who in his overtime victory, twenty nine to twenty three against the. I almost said Oakland Raiders. They haven't been Oakland Raiders in a long time against the uh, on, Las Trey. Vegas Raiders. Um, yeah, with the program. Murray was high-fiving some spectators, and uh, he got smacked in the face. Honestly. Um, yeah, I saw, I saw the video. It's... He was so excited from his, I believe this happened in his, what, game tying touchdown and, or the touchdown led that was, that would lead to the two point conversion that he scored at the end of the game, take the game in overtime. But you don't do that to a player. Yeah. People don't remember that these, Players, yes, they're there for your entertainment. You're watching them compete in a sport, in an arena or a field or whatever you want to call it, but they are people. You don't just slap someone in the face like that, especially he wasn't even wearing his helmet in that situation. So it's, uh, I know Murray said he didn't, doesn't think much about it, which um, that's his own uh, situation of how he wants to deal with it, but from just a human standpoint, you don't do that to another person, and it's a good thing the uh, police are investigating it. And we'll see where that goes from there. Um, the NFL has come out with their list of 129 modern era nominees for the Pro Football Hall of Fame class of 2023. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I believe that only roughly eight to nine players and combined with coaches and contributors who 
who make it into the Hall of Fame every year. So this 129 Modern Era nominees uh, still got a ways to go before we narrow it down to the final list. But any names on this list that strike your attention? Yeah, so there's a few first-year eligibles that are coming in, which includes, for example, the running back Chris Johnson, linebackers Navarro Bowman and James Harrison, Darrell Revis, Shane Leckler, because punters are punters are people too, Cam Chancellor, Dwight Freeney. So there's uh, a lot of names that are from our early days of watching football that are starting yeah. to come into this uh come into the this is what i enjoy thing. this is what i enjoy right though that we're at that point now where and probably for the very foreseeable future because we'll be watching football probably until our last days now is that we will see people now in the hall of fame most of them that we actually had the chance to watch in some capacity. And as we get older and older and more Hall of Fame classes come out, we'll be more exposed to these players. But you even mentioned the the line pundits or people too. Pat McAfee, the guy who basically coined this, or no, it was Rich Eisen who coined it, but speaking of punters in general, he has been mentioned as a, a finalist. Uh, my my eye obviously goes to the various um, Bears players who uh, are on this list, and I'm uh, pulling up the specific list right here. Um, give me a second. So obviously, the one that really strikes your attention here is Devin Hester being on it again and hopefully he makes it in this time because this there's if you think about a guy who's actually really changed the course of the game uh, the history of the NFL or the way people kick the ball off or punt the ball it's Devin Hester uh, without a doubt and then you have Olin Krutz center linebacker Lance Briggs Charles Tillman Peanut Tillman these are all worthy players, and if they don't make it in the Hall of Fame this year, they're definitely getting it in in the next few years because they changed. They were the best at their position when they played, and if you're not that, then I don't know what else qualifies you to be in the Hall of Fame. Yep, it's uh, it's also interesting to me. Because all these players now, the more recent ones, there's more record of them. There's more videos. There's more highlights. There's more that people can see now than even even players from the 80s and 90s. There's not as much just content on them. Yeah, and also I'm more kind of passing on this because as you said before I've seen most of these players play in their for a vast majority of their career so it's again at some point if they don't get in this year they'll get in next year if they don't get in next year they will get in the year after but 
I'm, I would not be surprised if one Bears player at least uh, makes it into the Hall of Fame this year. We can't have them all this year, but uh, it would be great to have at least one. And then knowing that all these players that will be up year after year and there is no like limit on their eligibility, it would be nice to see many Bears players make it in the Hall of Fame over the next few years. You can always kind of expect maybe one to be there in some form or another. So, yep. So it's uh, it's good to see see all those legends. But speaking of speaking of legendary players, let's move on to some other legendary players. People like Hingle McCringleberry or Leon Sandcastle or Jerry Ricecake. What do they all have in common? They are sort of in the same realm as a soon-to-be drafted number one overall quarterback by the name of Chad Powers, a walk-on quarterback for Penn State. Have you seen this guy's tape? It's absolutely incredible. I mean, his arm, that's that's like prototype NFL arm right there. If you were going to compare him to a current quarterback or maybe a past quarterback, who would you compare him to? Man, if you... <laughs> you're, you're never going to believe this, but... If you were to pretend that his long, luscious flowing hair were a wig and the mustache was absolutely fake, he could be Eli Manning. In fact, he is Eli Manning. (laughs) (laughs) So in the latest episode of Eli's Places for ESPN+, Eli Manning went undercover as chad powers he donned a wig and a fake mustache and prosthetics to try out for the team at penn state (laughs) um the thing is he tried out as a uh a homeschooled pennsylvania prospect among other young hopefuls and he he looked the part in terms of the arm i mean he was definitely slinging it but his 40-yard dash time of 5.49 was not exactly NFL caliber. I mean, the Manning brothers, Peyton and Eli, have never been known for their speed. So, and especially considering Eli has been retired since 2019, doubt he's been doing much running around in the 40-yard dash. Yeah. So I wouldn't put him past him, but imagine being one of those players who are in at that walkout tryout and you see this guy just come up with his hair flowing and his mustache <laughs> and he's just looking like a professional quarterback out of the gate and who claims to be homeschooled. But I mean, here's my thing on that. Would you be upset that it was 
Eli Manning in disguise or would have seeing that would have made you want to put in more effort to make yourself stand out compared to the this Chad Powers guy? Oh, man. I think if I were trying out to be a walk-on for that team, I would be so... I would be so caught up in my own like mind and just trying to push hard and and make that team that it wouldn't even cross my mind that some, something's something is amiss. <laughs> but you also have like a benchmark to compare yourself to a guy who's won two Super Bowl MVPs is right there performing right beside you and if you can in some capacity keep up with him shows you got some talent yeah that's true i mean but, it was, uh, it's a good experience i think for them in a sadly fun experience for Manning. we will not be seeing any more chad powers but uh maybe one day eli come out with another character yeah unfortunately chad powers will Remain in the realm of Hingle McCringleberry, Leon Sandcastle, and Jerry Racekick. As much as we would have loved to uh, love to see them, um, see all of them on a field. Yep. Diving into the injury news now. Yes, injury news. The the heartbreaking early season quarterback injuries continue. This time for the San Francisco 49ers who have lost Trey Lance to a broken ankle for the entire season. And it's not, it's not good for him. I mean, he played his first game against the Bears and the, the monsoon game did not exactly look that great. And I believe it was either the first or second drive that he broke his ankle in uh, this past week's game. So he's had his surgery uh, to repair the the fractured fibula, I think it was. Yeah, fibula fracture and ligament disruption. And they said it was a successful surgery. So he's going to be on track to be fully healthy by the start of next season. But it's just tough for him being the, the number two overall pick not too long ago and he's going to be going into his third year with not a lot of experience under his belt and uh yeah it's it's just rough but the Niners are probably glad that they did not trade Jimmy Garoppolo yes Jimmy Garoppolo who has uh cashed in rather significantly now that he needs to play quite a bit uh he's got a very low base salary but it's absolutely loaded with incentives probably almost all of them he's going to hit this season because they did not expect him to be pulled into action i'm gonna pull up this one message you had sent me when the news broke that Garoppolo um, uh, basically came back. And if anything happens with the Niners this year, it's all going to be on his shoulders. So this is what you had sent me on Sunday. It was this man took a pay cut and then gets his job back. 
He's going to lead them to the promised land, and then they're going to dump him to the highest bidder. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, it's like it's it's you said it perfectly right there. I mean, they've been trying to shop him for a year. They couldn't get him to go anywhere. They brought him back. He was going to make double-digit money in terms of in millions. And then he takes – and he's willing to take this pay cut and with all these different bonuses attached to it, which the team never thought or probably didn't think he would reach because they assumed Trey Lance would be the guy and he'd be healthy, he'd be playing. And now he's hurt and Jimmy's in. So – and Jimmy's going to be, like you said, hitting all these bonuses every game. So the uh, Niners get better – get ready to empty the bank every yep. week so and he's he's basically gonna use this season as his resume for when he hits free agency and we'll see where he goes from there or if there's some some drama in san francisco about whether to keep him or to go to trey lance but it's it's just such a strange situation and one that I'm sure none of them expected to be in, but I mean, that's the NFL. It's just, this does give the, this does give the Niners an out though. If they want to get rid of or move away from the original plan of Trey Lance, because like you said, building a resume, Garoppolo has the resume. He's yep. been to the Super Bowl. He's won many games. He was in the NFC Championship game last year. He's a reliable quarterback. Trey Lance has no resume. Mm-hmm. He doesn't. And now he'll be out for another year. And by the time he comes back, it'll be what year? Year three for three? him. Yeah, yep. real. So how much can you really gauge of a person versus a guy that you know has proven successful for you every time he's had the opportunity so yeah it's just always it's always going to be sort of a game of what ifs in a way but all right keeping it with quarterbacks in the state of california surrounding justin herbert Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert had himself a game against the against the Chiefs on Thursday night, but he paid for it dearly. With uh, it wasn't even a it wasn't a dirty hit. It was a very legal hit, and even one that one would say was not even that bad. It was just the way that he impacted the ground, and he ended up with a rib cartilage fracture that looked incredibly painful and after it he just was not right he was trying to bring them back from a deficit at the end of the game but even with that on even with that and on third and one late in the game you see him typically he'd scramble for it but as he's running towards the first down he just throws it away because you can just clearly tell he he can't. I mean, 
he's trying to go, but he knows that if he goes, he's going to get hit again. Or if he tries to slide, it's going to be absolutely painful for him. So he's just like, I can't do this. So he throws it away. And then on fourth and one, even with the ribs, he fires an absolute laser (laughs) into near perfect coverage for a touchdown. But besides that, it's going to be, it's going to be tough for him and for the chargers because that's going to be something he has to deal with every week and the pass rush from other teams is not going to get any less and um yeah it's going to be difficult for him and the chargers just need to keep him upright and keep him protected similar to ben roethlisberger during his Super Bowl run. So, I mean, it is possible. They just got to be really, really careful about it. He just doesn't need to take the amount of injuries that Roethlisberger took in his career, though. Roethlisberger was literally, like, taped up and, like, wrapped up in, like, plastered casts and walking boots. I'm just making some of this exaggeration here, but, like, that guy took a beating during his career, and we don't need than for Justin Herbert or any other quarterback right now. Yep. Triton, would you like to take on the QB rankings and power rankings? <laughs> of course I would. Man, it's been uh, after overreaction week and now after upset week, it's been absolutely wild just how much all of these have flip-flopped around and gone up gone down so let's go into the qb rankings first we have josh allen at number one stays steady i think this is understandable because he's an absolute monster at the moment patrick patrick mahomes number two justin herbert number three so the top three stay consistent so far we have lamar jackson at number four which is up two spots tom brady drops down one spot to number five Aaron Rodgers drops down one spot to number six. Matthew Stafford moves up one spot to number seven. Kyler Murray takes a little bit of a jump, three spots up to number eight. Jalen Hurts jumps up three spots to number nine. And you'll never believe it. Tua, Tua Tungavailoa moves up seven spots into number 10. It's a big jump there for Tua. Big jump indeed, but I mean, when you when you put a near record performance in terms of throwing touchdowns, it's uh, I don't know. Can you call that a overreaction jump, or is this the awakening of Tua? I'd say it's justified for the performance he had. But uh, to see him sustain a top 10 position might be just a little bit of a stretch. Uh, I could see him being on the outskirts of the top 10, maybe 12, 13, 14. Uh, could see him consistently landing there. I mean, he did, like you said, when you read through it, he jumped seven spots, right? So that means he was at 17 before. Yep. So, and you don't see big jumps like that all the time. But for the week he had, let him be in the top ten. I'll, I'll give it to him. Yeah. I mean, it's not like the big, not like the, not like the top 
three spots are going to change anyway. So you have to find a way to change it out towards the towards the bottom. Um, yep. Let's uh, let's take a look at that bottom because it's rather interesting. We'll start at uh, start at number twenty five because Joe Flacco with a impressive comeback victory over the Browns moves up six spots, number 25, which means maybe this is the Joe Flacco uh, redemption arc. Moving down to number 26, we have Mac Jones. We're still playing that. We're still playing that. Yeah. yeah. We're we're still playing that for sure. Okay. (laughs) Trubisky, Mitchell Trubisky at number 27, moved down three spots. This one hurts. Justin Fields, number 28, moved down six spots, which, I mean, given his performance in the game, yeah, I mean, I could see it, but I feel like it was more of a issue of the game plan than any fault of his. We'll, but, we'll get into this in a minute when we yeah. cover the, when we recap the game. There's a, There's a good deal to unpack and there's a good deal of uh, kind of criticism on Justin Fields' part, but uh, I, I don't think we'll be seeing Fields down in the, in the bottom 20s throughout the season. Yeah, at this point, like we said with Tua earlier, him being in the top 10 is justified, and I feel Fields being towards his bottom group at this exact moment in time is also justified, but We'll get into that. Let's uh, finish this up. Yep. So number 29, we have Cooper Rush. Number 30, we have Baker Mayfield. Number 31, Jacoby Brissett. Number 32, poor Davis Mills. After uh, a strong ending to last season, not a, not a good start for him. But let's move on to the NFL team power rankings. And what do you know? Number one. Buffalo Bills. Number two, Kansas City Chiefs. Number three is a surprise. Philadelphia Eagles jump up seven spots after their absolute thrashing of the Vikings. That'll uh, do it, <laughs> Yep, that's that'll, true. That, that'll move you up. When you're firing on all cylinders in every phase of the game. Number four, we have Tampa Bay Buccaneers dropping one spot. Number five, we have the Packers moving up three spots. Number six, we have the Rams dropping two spots. Number seven, we have the Chargers dropping two spots. Number eight, it's the Miami Dolphins moving up five spots. Number nine, we have the 49ers jumping two spots only because of Jimmy Garoppolo, pretty much. And number 10, we have the Ravens who dropped four spots. So it's been a... A little bit of flipping around in the top 10, but probably the biggest biggest surprise is the Eagles, who seem to be putting it together. I mean, they did definitely handle the, the Vikings, who the previous week handled the Packers. So you really never know what you can expect when it comes to these teams week in and week out. The thing on these rankings that really caught my attention were the Cardinals moving up eight spots to 14. The Lions jumping up 10 spots to 16. The Patriots moving up five spots to 18. And the 2 0 Giants being ranked all the way at 19. 
<laughs> yeah, it's, the fact um, that the Giants are two and zero is also um, a little impressive. interesting for yeah, the first time impressive. since twenty sixteen. Yep. Yep. I would mm. say for the Lions, I think this is probably the highest up on the power rankings they've been ranked in the past like five years. And the Cowboys, the team that you and I were completely hating on last week, moved up six spots, 21. Yeah, they're hanging in there. Definitely hanging in there. All right. And, of Uh, course, they ranked the Bears at number 30. Yep. I was just about to get to that. Unfortunate. Um, But But at least the team we're playing this week is 32. (laughs) It's true. Texans have dropped four spots to 32. So it's uh, going to be interesting. Their quarterback lines up at 32 and their team. Uh, at least they're consistent. <laughs> Hopefully they continue their consistency for another week. <laughs> All right, we that. have a couple games to cover here, including the Dolphins at Ravens game and, and Ravens game. So, um, your quick reactions and thoughts to this master of a game by Tua. Master of a game by Tua and master of a game by head coach and offensive genius Mike McDaniel. Because Can we it's... just take a moment to see to acknowledge this guy? Like Nobody knew what to expect. I didn't even know who he was until last year when he kept started doing like different press conferences for the Niners. And but when he got the head coaching gig, of course, no one knew how he would be. But two games, two games in, he's produced an enjoyable team. Yep. I mean, it wasn't looking good for them. Heading into halftime, I mean, they had two picks. It just it was not great. <laughs> well, we'll leave it at that. But coming out of that and into the third and fourth quarter, they had three, two touchdowns in the third quarter. And then the fourth quarter, man, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Just blew right back in. They had 28 points in the fourth quarter alone and they just they knocked the socks off of (laughs) john harbaugh and the ravens i mean they they were on fire and i don't know if Tua's ever gonna put a another game together like this but this is the kind of game that the players they believe in mike mcdaniel and i think the fans before were excited to have him and Now they're even more excited to have them because this is a completely different feel than Brian Flores with the Dolphins. I mean, this is, this is something special. This is something that you can see and think, man, this, this could be a team that's capable of a shootout against the bills or the chiefs kind of team. I mean, couldn't have said it better myself. So I won't even try. (laughs) Moving on to the Chiefs. 
Yes, the Chiefs. The Chiefs and the Chargers, both in the AFC West in a division that is basically going to cannibalize itself the entire year because all four of those teams are capable of putting together some some wild games. Uh, perhaps less less so for the Broncos because Nathaniel Hackett is more concerned about setting records for penalties and delay of games and burning timeouts than actually scoring. But <laughs> that's besides the point. Um, this was a tight game between the Chargers and the Chiefs all the way through until about the fourth quarter. I mean, it was it's pretty much tied up for a while, just back and forth kind of slugging match. But it's it sort of fell apart when the interception was thrown by Justin Herbert. That was a, a 99-yard pick six, which, I mean, 99-yard pick six will definitely sort of take all of the momentum out of your team. Also, when your receiver is telling you that he's tired, don't keep him in the game. <laughs> yeah, just just a little bit of a, a little bit of common sense there, maybe. Um, that clearly was not followed. Common sense? What's that? <laughs> Never heard of it. Uh, it was... Um, wasn't great. <laughs> we'll put it that way. But the injury to Herbert at the end was just absolutely brutal. And I mean, at that point, it's a miracle that he was even able to throw another touchdown and try and keep them in the game. But in the end, the Chiefs He's a fighter. away with it. Yep, that's true. I mean, that he was that was his uh Matthew Stafford moment, basically when Matthew Stafford was pulled off a game-winning drive with, I think it was a broken collarbone once upon or, a time. I think, I think it was something maybe to do with the shoulder. But yeah, you're, you're right. But uh, Matthew Stafford moment. So I'm going call him these things now. Yeah, could be. I mean, Matthew Stafford, Justin Herbert, I mean, these quarterbacks are, they're tough. They're tough and they're slingers. They have the arm. Oh, yeah. They have the arm. All right. Well, we've gotten to the slightly painful part of the episode, and that is a recap of Bears Packers week. We'll make it quick. Um, Looks promising early. <laughs> that it did. That it did, but... Unfortunately, we played four quarters of football. Yes. Each of them lasting 15 minutes long. Yes, not to be. Not to be in the end. But before we hit the whole panic button, because again, remember overreaction week was last week. (laughs) This is only the second game of the season. Yep. Of a new head coach and new offensive coordinator with a second year quarterback. 
I'm going to stick on the offensive side of the ball here. Our offense needs to get better. Plain simple. Yep. We have a lot of good sparks that come out of this team. Look at the second half of the first game against the Niners. And look at the beginning of this game. Look at towards the end of this game. Look at the running game. The running game was amazing. Like It felt like David Montgomery was plowing through the Packers every chance he got. But the issue here is that the sparks, if you want to call them, could not be sustained for an entire game. They showed up every once in a while, and then they dissipated. And when you're playing Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, you can't have sparks. You need to have a consistent effort through all four quarters. There were considerably more penalties in this game than there were against the Niners, which is disappointing. There were missed tackles in this game that were disappointing that needs to be addressed, which I believe Iberflus has made a point to 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 address, but and then you come down to a fourth and goal situation, and you basically are off by like an inch, which is crushing in a way that I felt the ball had crossed the goal line. But when it comes to instant replay, you need uh, full conclusive evidence to overturn a call, and apparently they didn't have the right camera angle. But it really should never come down to that. Like this team needs to get its receivers involved, Mooney and its tight end Comet. We need to get these guys more involved and more um, just get the ball flowing up and down the field, not having these stalled drives that we have to keep punting, these always starting at the our end of the field and working 80. 85 yards down the field if like to get a touchdown type of situation. We need to score more, score often, and just sustain these sparks because it's all there. You see glimpses. You see these moments time where you think, wait, if this can be sustained properly, this team could be dangerous. Watching the Monday night football game, the Eagles and the Vikings, um, I texted you, and I'm like, if this is what I see the Bears offense becoming, if we're able to sustain what we have right now. You have a mobile quarterback, was able to hit his receivers, was able to avoid taking um, unnecessary hits and sacks, and can lead his team down to win the game when needed. So good thing is we play the Packers later in the season. Good thing is that it's only week two. Good thing that we play the Texans this week and we play the Giants the week after and we play the Commanders the week after that, if I'm not mistaken. So this is an opportunity. Three teams, I know the Giants are 2-0, and Texans haven't won a game yet. They've tied a game, lost a game. Not sure the commander's record. I believe they might be 1-1 one one or 0-2, oh something of that nature. 
uh, please don't tell me they're two and zero. But um, I just feel these next three games are an opportunity for the Bears to put these two, these la- combine these last two games, take all these sparks that have been showing up of the potential of this team and its offense and sustain it for the next three games. And if we come away with the next three wins, the team will be four and one after five weeks with the only loss being to Green Bay. And I think it's very doable in in that sense. And the defense is playing well. The defense is playing hard. Uh, they just got to sure up some tackling um, that they had issues with against Green Bay. But for the most part, they played well. They got to Rodgers when they needed to. And they were disruptive. It was just that it, we just need more of this. So I'll let you add on to anything else that you feel, but those are my thoughts from this past game. I think you put it really well. And the only thing I would add is could be worse. Could be the Broncos. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. And, and again, it's only one and one. The entire division is one and one. So it's not like that we got to hit the panic button at the moment because everyone in the division is the same. So I'm just going to take it here. I don't know. I be even jumping the gun here, but the Packers are playing the Bucks, So I don't see them winning that game. So if we beat the Texans this week, Again, it's all about starting them, playing well, building that momentum, and carrying that momentum to other weeks. All right. Uh, speaking of who's going to be winning and losing, it's time to pick some games of this week. So up to start the week is the Steelers at the Browns. Who are you taking? Taking Steelers. Taking Steelers as well. Uh, Saints and Panthers. Ooh, I'm going to take the Saints here. I'm taking the Saints too. Texans and Bears. Bears. Chiefs, uh, Bears for me too. Chiefs and Colts. I'm going to take the Chiefs here. Chiefs for me as well. Bills and Dolphins. It's an interesting one. Oh, this should turn out to be a good one. Uh, I'm actually going to go with the Dolphins here. I'm going with the Bills. Uh, Lions and Vikings. I'm going to go with Lions. Me too. Lions for me as well. Ravens and Patriots. I'm going to go with Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Same here, Patriots. Bengals and Jets. <laughs> Man, would would the Jets be the strength pick here? I'm going to say the Bengals put a stop to their loss. Here. I think so, too. It's interesting that this one actually made me think because of the Jets' performance last week. It's like, could they pull off the win? Maybe. Is there a real upset in this game? I don't know. Um, but yeah, Bengals for me as well. If I didn't mention that already, Raiders and Titans. Gonna pick the Raiders. Raiders, Titans. I don't see them. Eagles and Commanders. Eagles. 
Eagles. Jaguars at Chargers. Oh, man. A healthy Justin Herbert, I would say, wins this. But I'm going to still go Chargers, actually. You know, I'm going to change it up. I'm going to go Jaguars. I don't remember the last time I picked the Jaguars to win the game, but I just feel you come off a shutout win, you could either build on that performance or you could really tank. And the Chargers are a little iffy right now with the whole Herbert situation. So Jaguars for me, Rams and Cardinals. I'm going to go Cardinals here. So much. Falcons, Seahawks. <laughs> uh, Two similar teams. Yeah, I'm going to gonna take the Falcons here, I think. I think I'll take the Seahawks. All right. Let's try not to count out Geno Smith. Packers and Buccaneers. Going to take the Bucks here. Bucks for me as well. 49ers and Broncos. I'm going to go with the 49ers. 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo. Give me that. Yep. And Cowboys at Giants. Ooh, this is an interesting one. Cooper Rush didn't do all that bad. No, he game. did not. This is what is making the pick interesting because last week we trashed the Cowboys completely, seeing how they wouldn't win anything for like the next five games. But they... Yeah, Giants are two and that one too. Yeah, I I just don't know if it's sustainable for Giants. That's true. You know know what? I'm gonna say it's gonna be sustainable for the Giants for one more week. (laughs) And then when they play the Bears, it's unsustainable. Yes. No, they we yeah. (laughs) Okay. You know, I'll go Cowboys. All right. Change it up a bit. All right. All right, that does it. So, another week. Another week, yep. Another week in the books, another week to look forward to. So, thank you all for listening to the By the Laces podcast. We'll be back with another episode next week. We hope you have a great rest of your week. And don't forget to follow us at BillMalik15 and Trenton underscore Cito. Please stay safe and enjoy. Doesn't Chad Powers sound like a cartoon character?